Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is the Luther Rose, also known as the Luther Seal. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo. It's my honor to serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so we picked this as a little sidebar to the fact that we're doing the Reformation 500 this year, starting this coming weekend, correct? That's right. Beginning this weekend, if the podcast is out on Halloween weekend. Yes, it should be. Well, we are celebrating that in 1517, Martin Luther, by legend, went and tacked onto the church door in Wittenberg 95 statements against the practice of selling indulgences. And this theory or this belief in the Roman Catholic Church at the time that you could buy your way out of purgatory and buy your way into God's favor. Uh-huh. And Martin Luther, who was a religion professor at the time, wrote 95 statements against this kind of thinking and published it, and it took off. And you can learn more about Martin Luther by going back, and we did a whole bunch of podcasts on mm-hmm. this and, and the situation. One on the 95 theses themselves. There you go. So we did all that, I believe, a year ago. Yep. And so getting ready for this year as we come up on this 500th anniversary. And so all over the world right now, there are celebrations and commemorations and events going on in order to recognize and to honor this very large and exciting event. So this week, as a part of our podcast, We're taking a look at some of that Lutheran heritage that we haven't talked about yet, which is specifically the Lutheran rose. It's also called the Luther's seal. Mm. And he used it like a regular seal? I believe so. I mean, he, what he wanted was some kind of symbol to describe his theology. Okay. So this goes back to semiotics, that really odd word that I've thrown out a couple times since starting my doctorate work. Semiotics is the study of signs and symbols. Okay. And how they, how you can look at something and get a greater meaning out of it by looking at the symbology behind it. Okay. And so Luther was a semiotician. He was someone who read the signs of the times. Okay. And he understood what was happening and he really affected how the symbols and signs would be interpreted for hundreds of years to come. And he decided that he wanted some kind of a symbol that would show his theology. Okay, even though he never really wanted to be not Catholic, if that makes any sense. Correct. He still wanted a sign that this was something different. Or just something that he wanted as as a symbol of his own theology. Okay. So if you think about it, like, I, I don't want to disparage Luther in any way in the sense of, I mean... I would disparage Luther on other things. He can be a bit of a jerk sometimes. I don't want to paint him up really high. But in the same way that when maybe you're a teenager, you come up with some kind of a symbol that is the essence of who you are. Okay. And you use that symbol to sign your name or that kind of a thing, right? He wanted something that was going to be an image depiction of his beliefs. So today we'd call it more like a logo. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. This is Luther's logo. Okay. So what is it? Well, it's round. Okay. It's a circle. And it looks like it is a flower. It looks like a rose. 
Okay. And inside of the rose, the center is a, a red heart and a black cross. Okay. There's a lot more detail to it than that, and we'll get into what all of it symbolizes okay. and what all the colors mean, but that's basically what it looks like. And some people have added words around the exterior of it. Okay, but they're not original. It's not in his original description okay. of what the symbol is, but a lot of people have added uh, sola scriptura, which means word alone. Mm. And Not here I stand? Not here I stand. Okay. No, it, it's this idea of we stand only on the word of God. Sure. We don't stand by the traditions of the faith. We okay. stand by the word of God. We stand in God alone. and those pieces. So sometimes you'll see stained glass versions of this Mm -hmm. with those words around the exterior of it. Okay. So did this come early on or is this something later on that he decided this needs a logo? Great question. We have a letter where he explains this out to uh, a Lazarus Spangler. It was written July 8th of 1530. Okay. So about a little less than 15 years into the Reformation experience. Remembering that time moved a little slower then. Exactly. And he had points in time where he was gone for a period of time Mm -hmm. and hidden away for a period of time. And so things were rough and things were certainly moving along. It wasn't in the very, very beginning. It wasn't like by 1520 he had his logo figured out, but it wasn't 15... 60. Okay. By the time he, you know, it was 1530. It was pretty early on in the experience and when he was still somewhat young that this became something that he created. Okay. And he wrote a letter to somebody to have them design it or just to explain it? He wrote a letter in response. His friend had asked him how it turned out. Oh, okay. And so he responded and he explained the whole look of it. Okay. And what each of the different pieces meant. So I thought that we could share that letter out. You can look this letter up online. We'll post it on the page. And uh, it's interesting. So there was some cordialities at the beginning of the letter, but I figured I would just share the meat of the letter, which is the explanation of the symbol. Sounds good. And it's always hard to explain a symbol if you're not looking at the image. (laughs) Which we're currently not. (laughs) Which we're, we're currently not, but you may not be either as you're listening. So If you have a moment as you're listening to look up the Luther Rose or look at the image that came along with the podcast today, you can go to our webpage at centralportland.org and click on the podcast link. It'll take you to the post where this podcast actually gets published. If you're an iTunes listener, you may not have been to our webpage yet, but you'll be able to see the image of this symbol that we are talking about. So he begins his explanation in the center of the image. Okay. And then he walks his way out to the exterior rings of the image. So we start in the center. And he starts with, there is first to be a cross, black, and placed in a heart. And it's a, is it called anthropomorphic heart? Yes. When it's like the traditional symbol, not like a, an actual biologically accurate heart. You know, we see a lot of... Latino, Mary, the mother of God, Mm -hmm. sometimes the heart is anthropomorphic or sometimes it's a genuine biological style heart in those images. This one is definitely like the heart shape on your deck of cards. Sure. Okay. So there's a black cross in the center of this heart and the heart should be of its natural color, meaning red, red, 
so that I myself would be reminded that faith in the crucified saves us. For if one believes from the heart, he will be justified. Even though it is a black cross, which also should hurt us, yet it leaves the heart in its natural color and does not ruin nature. That is, the cross does not kill, but keeps one alive. For the just man lives by faith, but by faith in the crucified one. So this is talking about how the actions of Christ and the cross, we balance this understanding of it. It's law and gospel. Mm -hmm. And Martin was really one of the ones who brought that out and talked about that a lot. And that was part of the Reformation, is this law and gospel. So here we have this black cross that is dark, that is foreboding, that convicts us that we have done things that are wrong, that our world is violent and evil. And at the same time, it is gospel because that evil does not harm the heart. It gives it new life. It gives it new hope. And so the balance of the law and gospel is held in that black cross and healthy red heart. Okay. A little odd to understand, but it's that tightrope walk Mm -hmm. between law and gospel going on there. All right. Well, such a heart, Luther continues, is to be in the midst of a white rose to symbolize that faith gives joy, comfort, and peace. In a word, it places the believer into a white, joyful rose. For this faith does not give peace and joy as the world gives, and therefore the rose is to be in a sky-blue field symbolizing that such joy in the spirit and in faith is a beginning of the future heavenly joy. It is already a part of faith and is grasped through hope, even though not yet manifested. And so there's that gospel turn, Mm -hmm. right? The black cross and the red heart in the midst of this joyful white rose with the blue background of hope and delight and new life. Now, I have seen the Luther Rose, uh-huh. but I got to be honest, this whole exploration of the colors themselves is fascinating to me because the ones that I remember most mentally are the ones that are going to be carved out of stone or something mm. of that. So there's mm-hmm. no color in there. So I'm coming at this kind of like when you find out that the Greek statues were actually colorfully painted. Right. And I'm like, wow, I had no idea the colors meant that much. Isn't it fascinating? It really kind of is. Yeah. And that's that whole thing about semiotics is it's more than just the first thing you look at. There's always more underneath the meaning. And in this one, it's totally the colors. Mm -hmm. But there's totally more underneath the meaning. I have a Luther Rose pectoral cross that I can wear, but it doesn't have the colors. Mm Mm-hmm. And so part of these meanings disappear. A very big part of it, it Mm -hmm. turns out, which I was not aware of. And it keeps going because we're not at the very end of it yet. So we've just talked about the blue field that's behind the rose. Uh And so Luther continues and says, around this field is a golden ring, symbolizing that in heaven such blessedness, this joy and this peace... Mm -hmm lasts forever and has no end, and in addition is precious beyond all joy and goods, just as gold is the most valuable and precious metal. Huh. So, black cross. Yep. Red heart. Yep. 
white rose mm-hmm. on a blue background surrounded by a ring of gold. Hmm. That's the Luther rose. And it's deeply theological and deeply symbolic. And I think that probably because there's so much symbolism etched throughout the entire piece, and it is this law gospel kind of tension that it's embodying and the promise that it is through faith and God's justification that we receive this grace and all of that stuff that's chalked into this one symbol is why you will find so many people with it as a sticker on their car, mm-hmm. T-shirts, lots and lots of tattoos. Yeah, oh, of course. <laughs> so did he use it like a signature stamp, like a ring with the wax seal kind of thing? I have no idea. Okay. I think it would be really fascinating to know more about that. You know, my knowledge of it is really kind of limited to what the basic symbolism of it is and that it is all over the place. And if you ask a group of pastors to show off their religious tattoos, <laughs> that's going to be a really in, big one. <laughs> in a group of 10, there's going to be at least four to six Luther roses. <laughs> oh, fascinating. <laughs> you know, they're as common as a Celtic cross kind oh, of sure. a thing. And so that's my knowledge. But how it has been used throughout history. It's definitely in stained glass in various Lutheran churches. Yep. The stone that I'm talking about often ends up over the entrances mm. in the doorways. Okay. You will find them there. Uh-huh. Going to have to do some digging. If I find anything, I'll put it on the uh, podcast page. Excellent. All right, then. That said, last question. Do you actually like it? I do. Okay. I think it's beautiful. And I think that there are so many versions of it out there. Like if you Google the image, you get a whole bunch of different versions of it. And some of them are really quite stunning. It is one of my husband's favorites. Is it? Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful symbol. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of great power to it. And I think I find something new in it each time I come back and really dig into its meaning and dig into its layers. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate that very much. Would I get it as a tattoo? <laughs> Maybe <Nope>. not. <laughs> not going to happen. But I would put the sticker on my car. There you go. And I'm sure it makes a nice part of the letterhead for the ELCA. Well, it's not on there. We really? have a different symbol. Mm-hmm. Huh. But the Reformation 500 symbol that everyone is using absolutely has the rose in it. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about the Luther Rose. I look forward to sitting down with you another day on another topic. As do I. And a blessed 500th anniversary of the Reformation to everyone. If you are in town with a local Lutheran congregation, I encourage you to check out this week's worship. Many folks will be doing something a little different and having a little bit of fun for the service. There might be, if you're a fan of Bach, there's inevitably going to be Bach played somewhere. So head on out this weekend and celebrate with the Lutherans this amazing incredible anniversary event. Until we are back in your ears again, thank you for listening. We look forward to hearing from you. And remember, God loves you no matter what.